1: of the long and winding railroad, the show that looks back at the 1990s era of all Japan pro wrestling, the the greatest in-ring product in the history of professional wrestling, and in my humble opinion, and and my humble opinion is that of one uh, W. H. Park Nine. Oh, that's my Twitter handle. I'm W. H. Park. That's my Twitter handle. I'm I'm uh, sorry. I'm a uh, I am did not get my sleep last night, so I'm a little uh, tired this morning, and so but it's okay. I'm gonna get really fired up. Talking about the match we're going to talk about, and but today is a is a special episode. One, it's the first episode of 2022, and and two, it's we're kind of deviating from the normal formula. We're going to take a look at a match not from All Japan for Wrestling and and not from the 90s. We're going to take a look at a match from the 2000s from Pro Wrestling Noah. But it's all okay, folks, because the two t- people in this match are All Japan 1990s legends. They are staples and and to introduce this match uh, is my my co host today and that is uh, a first timer here on the show and uh he'll explain why we are going to talk about this match and it's uh the brigadier of uh wrestling podcasting here at post wrestling it's it's Martin Bushby Martin how are you
0: hey wh happy new year thanks for having me on and thanks for uh you know deviating from the normal format of the show to talk about this uh, incredible match we're going to be uh, dissecting today
1: so why why are we uh talking about a match from 2003 and why are we talking about a match from Pro Wrestling Noah who who are we going to talk about maybe that's that's first and foremost who's in this match
0: Well of course we're talking about two of the all-time greats two of the two of the gladiators of uh, Japanese wrestling we're going to be talking about uh, Misawa against Kabashi and that all-time classic they had um, from Noah from the uh 1st of March 2003 just there's many matches that they've had, there's many that you could pick from them, but this for me is my all time favourite. So when you asked me to actually do this show, I was like, hmm, I wonder if he'd be able to cheat around the rules of his own show and talk about this one. Because this is, I'd say, we'll get into the sort of like history of me watching it in a bit, but it, this is, I would say, one of my top five matches of all time. And this was a perfect excuse to go through it with all, and obviously, with you being, you know, having this show and talking about these two in particular and I thought what better excuse to talk about this match than on this ship on this very show
1: oh for sure I mean it, it's it is the sala kobashi we their their history in all Japan for wrestling speaks for itself I I mean this is pretty much a continuation noah for the most part especially in from like I'd say 2000 to about you know to, until the time of masawa's death is pretty much an all Japan promotion at this point um, it the, the all Japan in the 2000s, and all but name is is not what you know. Giant Baba had created, so it pretty much shifted over to to Noah at the time. So I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's Masahiro Sakai. It's this match, and and I'll talk a little bit about my my own history with this match. There's a really funny story I have uh, with regarding to not just me seeing this match for the first time, but for me actually showing it to other people uh, mm. in, in in a group setting. So I'll, I'll get to that myself. But Martin, what's your history with Maybe like also with the, you know, like Misawa and Kobashi and maybe with the four pillars in general, but this match in particular.
0: Well, yeah, it's a funny one for me. because obviously back in the 90s when, you know, tape trading was all the rage and I was reading a power slam magazine and getting all these. And my eyes had been opened up to all this different wrestling outside of WWF and WCW. I didn't have a ton of money. And there was um, this guy called Rob Butcher who used to do, he was one of the major tape traders over here in the UK. And because of my connection to WCW, I was mainly getting the New Japan tapes, like the Super J Cup and like the early G1s and stuff like that. And then obviously getting a bunch of ECW stuff. So in the 90s, all Japan was a bit of a blind spot for me because I only had so much money, so many tapes that I could get. I um, I think I saw the classic, uh, that tag match, Kabashi and Kikuchi against Crawford and Furnace. I think that was on a, a compilation tape that I got. But as far as most of the stuff, I wasn't watching it as it happened or a couple of years later. And it wasn't really until the wrestling channel started over here in the UK and they started showing Noah stuff and that. But even then, I'd still... I'll confess I didn't actually see this um, this very match we're about to talk about until about seven years ago because prior to my involvement with the Law and Post, I used to run my own podcasting network. And one of the series that we had on there was getting a, a variety of guests and talking some of their favorite matches. And it was actually Finn Martin, the uh sorry, Findley Martin, I think he prefers to be called rather than Finn, um, who was the editor of PowerStone magazine, he came on. And said, "Oh, if we're talking about my favourite match ever, I want to talk about this one from Noah." And and so I watched it, and then he went through it all and went through the history of all fan and things with me, and really opened my eyes up. So I went back, watched a load of other stuff, and I was like, "Wow, all this stuff's great, but nothing is touching that Noah match for me." So yeah, that was my my history of it. I didn't even um, sort of like have my eyes opened up to this stuff till um, about seven years ago, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I did, and I'm really glad it was. Um, It was something that um, Finn recommended to me and we went through the match
1: together. Awesome. So we'll be going through the match ourselves as well uh, over the course of this show. But uh, my own background is like, I I had been following all Japan from like the late 90s and just kind of going back in time as catching up on that stuff. But then Misawa forms Pro Wrestling Noah in about 2000 and then it's taking off. And so I'm following Noah pretty regularly. It becomes kind of like, maybe one of my two favorite promotions at the time, along with the uh, dragon gate and, and I'm following it pretty regularly. And then this, I heard, I hear about this match. I think from like uh, Dave Meltzer, I think he was like guessing on the law, like, cause he would do the, the Sunday night shows with them. Like he'd do a spot on, on those shows and he talked about, oh, this match happened and da da da. And then it finally came available on the tape traders that I was using. And I got a copy of it and, and this is like still, VHS, so this is how you know this is wow. the era we're talking about. And so I got the tape and I'm watching. And I'm like, oh my god, because like, you know, like I don't, I think because of like I'm using the same sources as probably Meltzer is, like he he probably hadn't written a done a write up about the big spots in the match. So and so I I I got the tape and like I watched it kind of unspoiled as far as like. What actually happened in it, and then I'm I'm seeing some of the spots that are being done in this match, especially. Well, and we talk about the, the big, big legendary one, and and then I'm like, whoa, I I gotta I gotta show this to other people. And so, what would happen is like at that time in Toronto, um, the Law the Live Audio Wrestling guys would host a Monday night wrestling party at uh, this bar called the Grady's. and you know people who've listened to you know law, the Law and, and post wrestling know that me and John. That's where we met when he was 16. And I remember this. He's like a teenager at this time. And he's at this night where I bring this tape. So we finished watching Nitro and and Raw, whatever. I think probably just Raw at that point then. And then we stick this tape in. And, you know, there's a fair number of people who stick around for the Japanese uh, tapes that that people brought in, like myself and Dan the Muffleranski. And then, you know, a lot lot of people leave, but the people who stay, I think I'm going to say there's like maybe seven or 10 people who stayed and, and then we put this match on and I've already seen it. So I know what's, what's happening, but then like, as people, you know, watching it casually and they get more into it as, as it goes through and then you get to the, the spot, the, the the apron spot, the the ramp spot. And then people are like, Whoa, and they just, people popped. It was great. And, And then just people came up. To, to me later and like that, that was amazing. Like they wanted, like who are these guys and like where can I get, where can I watch this stuff? And at the time, it was like, well, you you, you can't watch it anywhere because like there's no you know streaming or torrenting or YouTube really at that point in history. So it, it was really difficult to like, you know, kind of break people's hearts. Well, not really. I I don't care about breaking people's hearts, but <laughs> stuff. But you know, but uh, yeah, and one of those people, like I, I I'm gonna say it was John you know, John Pollock. Like, and, and I, I think he really kind of was familiar with, with Japanese wrestling to, to an extent. And then like, he was just like, "Wow, that's like amazing and stuff like that. I could be mixing things up. So my matches, but I'm pretty sure this is the match that he was like, I think maybe he came up to me and, and we kind of just struck off uh, a conversation and really from there. And then just, you know, now we're pretty good friends at, in, in 2022 so that that's that's good maybe that was maybe this was a match that sparked our friendship so it's it's maybe that's another reason like i said yes we could talk about this match
0: that's awesome that is awesome though that you had that sort of like outlet to go down to this bar you know once a month or whatever and show people these matches who you knew were going to be genuinely interested in that no, like- Martin, it, was it was every good. week we would go <laughs> wow every week
1: every week we would go and and this has been told many times, but, like, John was – it was a licensed bar and restaurant. So, John's not legal, legally supposed to be in there. But, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, Jeff Merrick and, and Dan the Michael Ransky, the, the hosts of the law and who were hosting these parties, went up to the the owner and just said, you know – because I think John's brother was doing, like, call screening for them at some point. And so mm-hmm. they knew John that way and just, like, oh, can – he, we'll make sure he doesn't drink anything. Just orders food. Is that okay? Is that because they'll let families go in there, right? And so it was. It, they said mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. So as long as he doesn't drink beer or anyone slips him a, you know, a bourbon or anything like that, it'll be it'll be fine. And and, and John behaved himself at when he was a teenager, not like the roushous, uh you know, neer to well that he is these days. But you know, so. <laughs> but let, we're gonna talk about yeah, Masa- Mitsuhara Misawa. This is Okabashi, March 1st, 2003, from the uh, the NOAA Navigate for Evolution 2003 tour. I believe this is day nine. This is probably the culmination of this tour. And it emanates from the legendary Budokan Hall. Did you get a chance to go to Budokan Hall when you were in Japan? Um,
0: no, I don't think I did, actually. I think that was uh, was when, I mean, it was two years ago. Now it feels like 10, doesn't it? But where, was that not the hotel, like, next to... We, oh was, n-
1: no that was sumo hall That's right sumo and hall. it
0: was next to one of the famous wrestling venues i couldn't remember which one it was though
1: uh it's also next to that uh, famous irish pub that you and uh, lisa and i uh, would go to almost every night
0: <laughs> oh yeah and i think john was john was there one night wasn't he he, the, he joined uh, us on one night podcast. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was fun but this yeah you went to tokyo dome you went to cork you went to uh you went to uh uh, can shouldnn't keep a first ring for the startup show. I think those are the yeah. three venues that you went to. So in the future, we all have to try to go to a show at Budokan Hall. It's probably my second favorite venue for wrestling in the world, like next to next to Corken Hall. Corken Hall will always be like the number one place for me, but Budokan is just really special because of all the history at in, in this building, so, um, yeah, this is like when Noah was running Budokan hall regularly and and this is probably this is like to the rafters it sounds like uh, during the course of this match and, and rightfully oh, yeah. so this is this is a legendary feud series of matches between Misawa and kobashi and um yeah let's let's get into some background for this match like do, do you have any notes about like the history of the leading up to this
0: well or... yeah because it, it's um a funny one, isn't it because um they had so many matches together, and even though Kobashi had won a couple of them, it was still in my understanding leading into this match uh this last match at the ad that you know it still Kabashi hadn't cemented himself as being you know on masala's level is is that my understanding i don't know if i'm wrong there but you know it was still Masao was uh, you know the number one guy compared to Kabashi leading into this match
1: um so it pretty much that's that's it like they you know there have been times in the in all japan where kobashi had been um the triple crown champion and and tag champions with other people but he had never won uh he had never won a single title from Misawa he had beaten other other members of the pillars or someone like Stan Hansen or who or Dr. Dusty Williams but he had never beaten Misawa for a single title so that was kind of like the the only kind of uh, check mark he had to tick off was was that accomplishment um and and yeah so this was this was you know built around kind of that idea and Something for those of you who uh might be parachuting in for this match and you don't know the the, the history of Misawa and Kobashi that that closely is that you have to keep in mind uh, in context that these two have known each other for pretty much over a decade at this mm-hmm. point. Um they 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 started like Kobashi started in, in all Japan a couple of years after Misawa had uh, debuted, I believe. And so he's you know, like Misawa is the the senpai, the senior to uh, Kobashi's junior, to his kohai. So he is Misawa's kohai. So he's like his apprentice and things like that. They, they form a group called the Super Generation Army together along with, with uh, Toshiaki Kawada and some other people. And at that in the early stages of that group, Kawada is Misawa's regular tech team partner. And Kobashi is teaming regularly with a man by the name of Tsuyoshi Kikuchi. And they have some amazing... Tag matches, especially with the uh, the team of Doug Furnas and Bancroft at the Canton Express, which I'm sure we're going to talk about that that match in, in the future uh, on this show, definitely with 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 somebody. I don't know, maybe with Martin again. We'll see. Uh, maybe maybe a different guest. Uh, but you know, like it's not until like in the mid 90s that that Kawada decides, like I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna split off. I need to be my own man, and he teams up with Akira Tawe. And then, yeah, Masao needs a new regular partner, so he picks Kenta Kobashi. It's the most natural fit at this point because Kobashi has been rising up in the card and and really capturing the the attention of the all Japan fans uh, with his you know fiery spirit and his his you know his passion as, as a professional wrestler. So it's really it's really a natural fit. So you know, but they also have you know you know uh, their matches. They have. In fact they have two wrestler wrestling observer matches of the year in the 90s in 1997 and 1998 uh, respectively and you know between 1990 and 2000 Martin they have they face each other in high profile singles matches a number of 16 times so they have 16 ty- uh, like uh singles matches to their name against each other under their belt already and Masao had won all but two of those matches so it's you know like He's the mountain that Kobashi has to climb for this as well. So it, it, it's all this is something you have to keep in mind when you're watching this match. And I think it, it, if I had known all this going into watching this in 2003, mm-hmm. I probably would have liked it even more. But I I didn't necessarily know the, the, these kind of like granular details so much. But it really helps. Like if if you do watch it, like if you understand like their history as partners, as teammates, and then as rivals with one another.
0: Yeah, I think I think you can watch this, you know, if someone is just listening to this and they don't know any but anything about the history or they've got a loose idea about the history, I think you can watch this and still it is a good match not knowing the history of it, but it's like you just know it there. It just adds more and more to it the more times you watch it seeing, you know, knowing the history between these two and, and the tag team and, and the fact that Kobashi is constantly... Because did Masawa not come up with sort of like the, you know, the Emerald Flotion and things like that? in the matches that he had with Kabashi earlier you know as as ways to to beat him did he not come up with these sort of like bigger moves to beat Kabashi in in their earlier singles matches
1: usually he would come up with like bigger moves to beat one of the 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 four other four pillars which would be kawada and and Tawe and and Kobashi. so like the tiger driver 91 where you drop someone straight on their head uh is something he developed in a match against akira Tawe. like he, Emerald I'm gonna say is probably against Kobashi or Akiyama. I can't remember exactly who, uh, but yeah, there's there's lots of moves that these guys invent just to beat a specific person that they maybe have you know hard time beating with some of the regular finishers. So like you know, maybe the Tiger Suplex and the Tiger Driver are things that did not work against Kobashi after a while. You know after he became kind of a you know a main eventer himself so the emerald flotion is like for people who don't know the emerald flotion is kind of like you put your opponent on your shoulder and you in that position like uh like you're putting them on one shoulder you're holding them and their head is tucked in your in your one of your your other arm and then you drive their head into the mat with the side of your body It's, it's i think i'm describing it okay but like if you have, yeah, if you, you see are, it, you'll, yeah. you'll 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 know what I mean. Like I I don't know if anyone does it now. I'm, I'm pretty sure someone has stolen it in in, in America to, yeah, to, to, no to use it in a finisher. But I can't know I can't remember if anyone has done that. But it's a good move. We'll talk about the Emerald for sure. Uh so we're gonna be talking about this match in a, in the company Pro Wrestling Noah. And you have to keep in mind as well that in 2000, like Masal was beaten up. He has got Mm. multiple injuries he's dealing with being in constant pain all the time and so is Kobashi to be honest with you but you know he he was slated to be the ace of Noah like Masao eventually realized like I'm the biggest star so I have to be you know wrestling I have to be kind of on top initially but his plan was always to phase himself out of that position and to make Kobashi the ace of the company the guy the whole company is going to revolve around and to that end he has to put the belt on Kobashi, the GHC heavyweight title, but, you know, you got to keep in mind, like, you know, in 2002, a year before uh, Kobashi had, had had over 12 knee surgeries. Yep. And in this, you know, precipitated a change in his wrestling style. Um, He's a lot slower. He's a lot more methodical and he uses a lot more kind of like, you know, brute strength in his matches rather than like, he stopped doing a lot of the high flying that he would do before like the moonsaults, uh, which is really like a man of his size doing moonsaults is, was a bad idea to start with. Like yeah. Keiji Muto, Keiji Muto, who's, who's a bit smaller. He's a big man too, but he's a bit smaller than Kobashi would he, him doing moonsaults not, not good for his career or his knees as well in the long run. But, and so that's that's also something you have to keep in mind so he finally comes back in around 2003 and then they build up for this match and it's for the GHC heavyweight title and it's really also to pass the mantle of ace from uh Misawa to Kobashi finally and and uh it's interesting Martin because like I I kind of said on a previous episode of this show that that if Kawada had come over to to Noah with everyone else like it would have been interesting, like, with Kobashi's knee problems and everything, like, if Masao would have finally just said, okay, Kawada's going to be the ace. Uh, because Kawada was relatively healthy, for the most part, during this time period. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something I always like to, you know, kind of what if in my yeah. mind. So let's get into... I think that's
0: where... I think, where do you rate this among all their matches? Because I know some people think that you know the all fan matches are better than this one but for me I think with all that history between them and then especially knowing how beaten up they're both they both are I mean what was Kabashi was off for like sort of like 12 to 14 months wasn't he with all these knee problems then he came into nowhere and then he was off again for another five months and then you know he finally came back for this match and just knowing all that it's, for me, this that's why this is the best one, because it's the two old gladiators going round for one more go around again and just all the history between them. And I know some people think this is a bit more sort of like, uh, not really spotty, but it's it's more based on just sort of like, you know, all the big moves in it rather than sort of like the storytelling of the other matches. But for me, this one is the best out of their uh, singles matches. I don't know where you rate it. Uh,
1: as far as in-ring work, I'd say maybe it's like number three for me. Um, I I'd say like, but for storytelling wise for context, it's probably the best one because Mm. you have all that history that history culminates in this match. This is, you know, I was going to save this this kind of tidbit for later, but this is the last singles match they will ever have. You know, it's this match they would meet each other in tag matches and stuff, but this is the last time they would ever meet in, in singles matches is also like something like you have to keep in mind. This is something the, the fans one wanted to see. They wanted to see Kobashi mm-hmm. ascend to that level. This is his, you know, first and only t- time holding the GT Heavyweight title. It's, I mean, it's also another tip I was going to say for later, but I'll just say it. Like, this is the longest reign of anyone in the history of this company to have that belt. Is 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 the Kobashi reign? I I mm-hmm. personally like, unless you get someone who's you know is going to be a star on the level of Kobashi, I would never break that record personally. Um, but you know, you save it for like that person. This is gonna be a guy who's gonna be as popular as as game changing as Ken Kobashi. And, and, and until Noah finds that for don't don't ever break that record. But uh no, yeah, I agree
0: no. with that WH. I think yeah, and I think it's hard to see that they will ever find somebody like Kobashi ever again. But yeah, I would definitely not break that for uh for anyone, you know, it would have to be someone really, really special, wouldn't it, to break that uh record.
1: Yeah, like and modern wrestling is, doesn't really call for long, like you know, long, long. I'll tell, I'll say the exact number of days, like later on. But yeah, so I want to, I want to talk a bit about the the card this, again. This is from Budokan Hall. It's from March first, two thousand and three. And I'm just going to go quickly over the results of the other matches here, and then starting things off on the show, we have the. Uh, be kind of the opening with the with the older veterans on the show, Mitsuo Momoda and Rusher Kimura taking on uh, Haruka Aigen and Kishin Kawabata. And they, uh, the the first team defeats the second team at in eight minutes and 47 seconds. That's about uh, three, three and a half minutes too long, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> Six man tag team match, Akira Tawe, Donovan Morgan and Michael Mata. Oh, two names from Noah's past there. Defeat Kotara Suzuki. Wow, Mike, modest Yeah, to Kotaro Suzuki, Takuma Sano, and Tsuyoshi Kikuchi in 15 minutes and 46 seconds. Kenta and Naomichi Marafuji teaming together defeat Makoto Hashi and Yoshinobu Kanamaro in 16 minutes and 35 seconds. And I believe that's probably the second best match on this show. I remember. I can remember seeing this match when i watched this statement like thinking holy shit that was awesome this is really when Kenta's is really coming out yeah. into his own as 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 a, as a wrestler and uh his development like it's sad what happened to him in wwe in nxt but if you watch this stuff prior like especially in this era when he's like one of the best junior heavyweights along with marafuji as well marafuji is fucking awesome in 2003 as well but him and kenta together as a tag team oh huh. Holy shit, it's awesome. Uh, Six-man tag team match. Uh, Daisuke Akita and Wild 2, Takeshi Morishima and Takeshi Rikyo defeat Bison Smith, Uh, Izu and Superstar Steve. Uh, There's a singles match. Where Scorpio, two cold Scorpio, defeats Yoshinari Agawa in six minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, Yoshihiro Takeyama defeats Masao Inoue in seven minutes and two seconds, which sounds like it, it, it was like maybe uh, two minute, five minutes too long there, Martin, uh, for yeah, Takeyama maybe. to defeat someone like Inoue. <laughs> uh, tag team match Akitoshi Saito and Jun Akiyama defeat Takashi Sugira and Taman Honda in seven minutes and 31 seconds. And this leads us to Ketakabashi. Challenging GHC heavyweight champion Mitsuhara Masawa for the GHC title, as I already said. But uh, this, yeah, I don't know if I got the, uh, I get the, the exact uh, attendance figure. But this, is, I think Budokan is probably sold out for this. But yeah, it, um, looks,
0: it looks like it's packed to the rafters, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it was like a twelve thousand capacity building. I can't, I'm, I'm terrible with numbers. Just the so people, hey, shouldn't you know how many people put it? Like <laughs> fuck, no, I, I don't remember fucking. The, the 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 exact numbers like math was never my strong suit like numbers are like never you might as, me, yeah. yeah you might as well be asking me to look at fucking you know like einstein's theory of relativity in depth you know like <laughs> anyways like anyways cage match rates this at 9.84 uh it was out of 10 with 440 votes for this match and uh dave melcher in the wrestling observer newsletter gave this of course five stars uh, I
0: think they had it did this as much of the year in 2003 as well.
1: Yeah, this I, I think that that's that's for the the voting for the from the from the readers voted this match of the year, obviously. So I think it just got so much buzz, Martin. Like I remember, like yeah. people like you know on on the DVR forums or the Observer forums, just people going like absolutely crazy about this match and and, and rightfully so. Just of course you get to get the the people out there who also like oh, it's, it's it's overrated. It's like it's not a ten out of ten. It's a, it's a four and a half because <laughs> why wouldn't a, wouldn't a, what some of these moves actually kill a human being? <laughs> like okay, <laughs> it's it's fucking wrestling. Okay, and you need to just get a new fucking hobby. That if you if you're gonna be like that to me,
0: in my oh, yeah. opinion. It's but... funny hearing you mention some of the names that are going through the card there. Uh, Morishima someone who, uh, from a UK perspective, he came over here quite a few times, um, sort of like 2006 to 2008. I think it was when he was also doing his ROH stint. So yeah, I saw him wrestle a few times and then obviously, uh, Around that say, I think it was around that same time period, sort of like 2006. Doug Williams and Two cole Scorpio with the uh with the Noah tag champs. So I think they they came back and did a number of shows around the UK. So we got quite a lot of NOAA representation on sort of like um UK shows around that time. So it was good that I got to see Morishima wrestle. Yeah, I, I was in um quite a few tag matches with uh Muhammad Yane as well. I remember he was always over here as well. So um, it was good that we got to see those people because this was around the same time as. The wrestling channel so you were seeing them on tv and then they were doing sort of uk shows over here so that was uh always pretty special that they'd fetch them over
1: yeah i i never got to see them live in toronto any any of these guys i don't think like i but i had seen them in, in japan because i i lived in japan in 2000 so i got to see mm. some early noah shows with all these guys in like in like when they're younger especially like someone like morishima and uh you know like he's he's kind of a sad story like how he ended up you know yeah. kind of not being able to cope not being a wrestler anymore and stuff like that but anyways uh we're let's get into the match itself so uh Kobashi comes to the ring first in his his awesome uh per, kind of black purple robe this is looks like he actually went out and I I hope he didn't do actually do this but it looks like he went out and killed a bear and and made the robe from a from a from a bear like I hope I I hope it's fake fur it's just my personal thing. Uh, but
0: he comes yeah, out to me WHA if it's fake. But it is interesting that he's, he's changed now. Now that he's in Nellor, he's wearing the uh, sort of like black, purpley type gear rather than the orange that he's more synonymous for. I, I'm assuming that was a conscious decision that, you know, you, I'm in a different company now and I'm going to change my gear up. Yeah. With Masawa, he was so synonymous with sort of like the... Uh, the green and white that he couldn't really change it. But I suppose for Kobashi, he was, um, you know, it was a statement of intent that he was coming into this company with a new gear and he was going to be the, the top guy in the company.
1: Yeah, him, him and Akiyama. Akiyama went from like his blue tights to wearing all white, which he keeps to this day. So like Kobashi was also like, okay. At first, Kobashi was wearing kind of like his orange colors with like black accents. And then he just switched to like, just going pretty much like kind of, Black with purple accents to, to his gear. And uh yeah, I, I'm kind of torn. I do love his orange all Japan look mm, very much because of this. Classic, it? It's this classic, it's simplicity. I think it fits him for whatever reason. Like the orange, the color orange just fits him so well. But like when he changed, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck he looks cool. Like that's mm. awesome too. But uh he comes out to his Noah theme, which is called Grand Sword. I love this theme song to Martin. I just think it's so yeah, epic. Brilliant. So epic, and then uh, I made a note that his ring attendants are uh, Syoshi Kikuchi, one of his regular tag partners in All Japan, and one of his best friends in real life, and uh, his apprentice, the man known as Kenta. And uh, for those of you who don't know, like Kenta's full name is Kenta Kobayashi, but mm-hmm. because there's the 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 uh, the pronunciation is so close to Kenta Kobayashi, they just say, you know what, you're just going to be Kenta and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be uh, you know, apprenticed to to Kenne Kobashi, which is kind of funny because, actually, if, if you think about his background and his style, Kenta should have been apprenticed to Toshiaki Kawada, you know.
0: It's so funny seeing how, him, how young he is here, you know, because he, sort of, he looks quite grizzled compared to this sort of, like, young baby face Kenta we see in this match.
1: He looks mean. Like, apparently, him and Marafuji, when they were, like, doing training in the noah dojos like you didn't want to be in their class because they they apparently were like you know beating the crap out of people Mm. the rookies all the time so that's uh that's apocryphal i I don't know if that's actually true or not i i won't hope not but yeah, we'll see. Anyways, yeah. uh, uh, Misawa comes out, and as he is the, of course, the GC champion, his his com- his his music uh, is of course called Spartan X. His legendary theme that he got to keep, uh, and his seconds are his regular tag team partner Yoshinari Ogawa and a very young. Katara Suzuki and uh, yeah I always love seeing who's around ringside and who's like the rig attendance for each wrestler when we when mm-hmm. talk about these matches because like oh shit there's, there's there's a Takao Mori oh there's a Junakiyama in you know the early 90s and stuff like that it's it, and then like thinking about wow Junakiyama does not have hair anymore yeah. at, at this <laughs> point so yeah I got to meet him you know I got to meet him uh, oh, wow. you know before like at an all Japan show at the merch table and and unlike British wrestling merch tables, uh, I, I had a I was not taken advantage of, Martin, as a fan. <laughs> so, and I'm glad
0: uh, to hear. <laughs>
1: that's maybe that's <laughs> the only reference I'll make to that situation right there. But um, yeah, let's get into the match. And uh, yeah, can pretty we, much uh,
0: before we get into the match, yeah. though, can we one of the biggest myths? I think, around Japanese wrestling, I think it's been accentuated by this narrative that you get from the likes of Jericho and his books. And um, maybe Fergal Devitt's probably said it before and the Young Bucks and all the Western wrestlers that, you know, Japanese fans are very polite and they just clap and they just sit on their hands. And it's just really weird because they're silent for most of the match and they just (laughs) ooh and ah and clap a little. Oh my god, this fucking crowd is absolutely molten from them coming out here and you're just like, let's just forget all that stuff about Japanese crowds being quiet and polite because they are going absolutely crazy when well, you're 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 in Japan.
1: What do you think? Like you have yeah. an actual life experience and you've been to you went to the stardom show, you went to the oh, New Japan and you went to, to a Noah show. Like, I don't, I don't, like, this is, like, a myth. I've always thought it was a myth when I started watching just tapes, rather than, like, let alone going to, yeah. like, I think people like Jericho uh, and, like, the Young Bucks and Fergal Devitt, like, you know, like, uh, Finn Balor are all, like, saying shit like this because maybe they're quiet for your matches. Maybe they're polite for your matches. Uh, that's not true. Like, I've seen people go crazy for, like, Young Buck matches in japan mm. and, and 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 prince devit matches in japan so i don't know why they would perpetuate this this idea yes they're more polite than western fans and that's something i enjoy because i don't want to hear fucking uh fight forever clap 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 or you know <laughs> this match is for one fall one fall fuck, fuck off okay yeah. you know like i i hate that shit. i i would probably hate most british wrestling fans it seems from like the the, the height of brit Rez, it seems like when i watch you know matches from that era i'm just like oh my god you people are driving me insane like i i think i have to meet maybe uh the Ogdens beforehand and, and and become friendly with them before i watch a wrestling show with them because i just might have a negative <laughs> view about them as far as that goes that's just me personally as as a wrestling fan i i want to watch the wrestling show i don't want to have to listen to other wrestling fans trying to get themselves over at shows. Like it's, it's something like it, that's, you know, if you do it, it's fine. If if I'm not there, I don't care. But you know, like around me, like (laughs) I, I, I'm not a big fan of it, but anyways, yes, I, I'm Martin. I am not looking forward to going to any uh, live wrestling shows with, with Western fans in the future, because I just know I'm just going to be like comparing them to the much better fans I, I i was seeing shows with regularly back in japan mm. so yes it
0: is a myth though. i like the demographics though in this as well when it zooms to the crowd you've got everything from like kids on parents laps to like really old people you know the demographic is so wide for this match you know it's obviously a draw for like all all ages
1: i mean wrestling has always been i, I feel more mainstream in japan than than in anywhere else in the world maybe maybe mexico as well, I, I'd have to. Mm. I, I I can't say in Mexico, but definitely more than than in, uh, in North America in terms of like being accepted as kind of like a real sport, as opposed to like oh that that shit is fake. Obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, so so I think that that yeah, as to its its wider appeal to people because like you're not your intelligence is not insulted by soap opera. And takes and listen. I I'm I'm all for you know a good soap opera in wrestling as long as it's, it doesn't insult my intelligence too too badly. But like one thing I do get drawn into with wrestling is that it is realistic. So like the trends to making it more like Western wrestling especially like if, in companies like you know New Japan really don't sit well with me. To in, you know in this day and age, but uh, no, this is nothing something we have to worry about in this match, Martin. This match no. is is <laughs> as realistic is going to get so oh, yeah. uh right away it's you know the, the crowd is molten as you said martin and right away you know they they just start going at it the ducks uh, this rolling back shot from kobashi kobashi just like figures i got to try to get this match over with us as quickly as possible he goes for one of his big strikes Misawa ducks that thankfully for him because i think if kobashi connected he, he would have like sent him into like the future you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so like, that's good. Uh, and from there they lock up and, and start a strike exchange followed by this really nice, you know, for guys who are like in their forties and like, you know, basically have the joints and, 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 uh, you know, the joints of like people like, you know, in their seventies, they they mm-hmm. do a nice chain of a uh, holds and counters. And then they they do this until you get to the uh, the stalemate position. That's very uh commonplace in Japanese wrestling and this is much the light of the fans at Budokan Martin, like you know they're they're clapping for all this shit because one it looks good and two it's with these guys they know are are legends but like legends who are like you know just kind of being held together by by a uh, spitting tape
0: oh yeah definitely and I think the crowd can appreciate that they, they know perhaps they're just past their prime but they're still able to put on a brilliant match for them
1: uh, from here, Misawa is able to take Kobashi over with the fireman's carry. Then he applies an arm lock. And uh, one, one thing that's really great about this match is the psychology evident here that obviously Misawa wants to tar- target Kobashi's arm, especially his lariat arm, and, and kind of weaken the devastating effects of his, of his strikes that, uh, you know, if he gets hit with a chop or he gets hit with a lariat, then it's not going to be as bad because, like, Kobashi's arm will be, uh, you know, a lot less, uh, a lot less strong. So, I, I just think that's really, you know, and this, and this comes obviously is born out of like, they know each other so well. Masala knows mm-hmm. what it's like to take a series of chops from Kobashi. He knows what it's like to get hit with that lariat.
0: And it kind of harks back to one of the earlier matches when it was Kobashi doing the same thing to Masala that he was like working over one of his arms. So, he, 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 he loses lo- he some of his striking ability. It kind of harks back to a, I think it might be the 97 match where Kobashi is sort of like working over one of Masala's arms.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like, you know, anytime, like I'd say from like 97 on, like you really see like uh, this idea of like, you know, Kawada, Kobashi, like really being able to counter a lot of what Masawa is doing because they're so familiar with it. They've experienced so many of his moves. That's like, I have to come up with a smart. It's just like, if you watch their matches, any of these matches in sequence, like if you just take Masawa Kobashi, you watch, won their history as a tag team in sequence and then move into their singles uh feud, you'll see like a, a a natural progression of like oh that they are learning from each big match that they have with one another and and this is like the culmination of that but um yeah early part of this match is you just for people out there is basically just masawa outsmarting and out wrestling Kobashi, and this is punctuated you know in, really early on with Kobashi just being dropped on his head early on by a backdrop And driver. they were
0: like five minutes into the match, aren't we? And we've already got one sort of like crazy <laughs> he head spike. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Masao's like 40 here and he's still, you know, doing all this. He's still athletic as fuck, isn't he? You know what I mean? Sort of like, um, he, somersault reverse sequence and things like that. And you're like, wow, this guy, you know, he's wrestling like a, a guy 10 years younger
1: and he's got the body of it. like i'd say 6-year-old like who's been through a lot yeah. he's he's this is the, the the era where he's not as you know like as big as he would end up being um but he's he's definitely not the masala of like even like 97 like it's like in 98 or so like i feel that you really start masala like not being able to work out as and stay as as a uh, silhouette as he as he is as he, as a lot of people like think of a of him in his prime, you do see him like getting kind of the belly there, and like it's because like he's he's drinking more, he's taking a lot of painkillers, and he's not working out as much. He's also he's the president and owner of the company, so he's got a lot of responsibilities, and and working out is not is not one of them, unfortunately. And you know, then yeah. but he still he still looks good enough in this match as far as in, in far like the aesthetic aspects of it go
0: yeah definitely and um yeah it's always i always find it a bit tricky also as well you know because obviously <laughs> we all know what happened to Masara, and then obviously kabashi's body broke down and they always sort of like feel bad in a way sort of like glorifying these matches and stuff considering what happened to both of these guys but at the end of the day life's about choices isn't it? and you know they you know they chose to carry on doing this, and this is what they knew and stuff like that. So I suppose I, I forgot to take that into consideration when I'm I'm watching these.
1: I I my my feeling is that listen, like the matches that I watched, no one died in them. Um, and I don't. I think if you ask Kobashi, do you have any regrets about anything you did in terms of like your body? He's like he'll probably tell you no. Like yeah, no. Uh,
0: they do, do it all again, won't they?
1: Yeah, I think also Masao would 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 say the same thing like he like you know just for people who don't who haven't listened to the Masawa biography episode I did like he wrote a note to be given to if he died in the ring he wrote a note to be given to the person who might have like you know been in the ring with him to say Mm -hmm. this is like I don't blame you this happens in our business and this is the path of life I chose so if I died in the ring with you don't blame yourself please don't do that and that and that helped the person who you know unfortunately was involved with his death. Akitoshi Saito like he was given that note and like you know and helped him not commit suicide because this guy was gonna sound like he was like on the verge of committing suicide because like he he felt he killed Masawa and you know it's a lot of things it's like that that contributed to his death so I mean and that's something Masawa he consciously wrote a letter to me in the event that this that what happened to him happened so there you go I mean that's None of the matches I like and but the basic thing is like none of the matches I'm covering or reviewing has anyone dying in them or led to their deaths, I feel yeah. so I I've kind of watch these like guilt free in, in that sense, wrestling yeah, is wrestling definitely. like, yeah. if, you know, it's like MMA, you're gonna get upset at all the or the NFL. Okay, I'm gonna get upset at all these people who have brain damage and stuff like that. I, I wish it didn't happen. But, you know, that's not that's their choice kind of thing. Like, it's kind of a yeah. slippery slope. But, um, but Kobashi does get spiked on his head pretty early on in five, the five, first five yeah. minutes of this match. He Smartly, he rolls out to the ring to prevent being pinned, but you're talking about Masao being in his 40s, being banged up, but still being agile as hell. Well, Masao yeah. decides to follow. <laughs> he does this by ascending to the top rope mark, where he launches himself onto Kobashi, who's on the floor with a diving elbow smash. Unbelievable. <laughs>
0: I know, yeah, and the crowd just absolutely lapped this up, don't they? Going absolutely insane because when you are watching this, you kind of forget this is two sort of like older men who are completely broken down with the stuff they're pulling out, and you know that's just the initial part. I mean, we're we're going to be talking about an even more insane bump to the outside in a bit. Uh,
1: Masala decides to follow this uh, flying elbow with uh, uh, by hitting a rolling centon off the apron onto Kobashi, who's, on who's still on the ground. Uh, yep. But the, the action returns in the ring, where Misawa hits a missile dropkick from the top rope, followed by a frog, by a frog splash, where he gets a two-count only. But he then decides to go back to the arm uh, with an arm bar on Kobashi. But uh, fortunately for Kobashi, he's able to get to the ropes. Uh, I'm going to say the next four to five minutes is basically Misawa just imposing his will onto Kobashi uh, and this happens until Masao misses a splash from the apron to the floor, uh, like so. Like so, Kobashi's on the floor again, and and Masao's gonna do another splash or dive, or some kind of dive onto him. And Kobashi moves, and then with using Masawa's own momentum, he then Kobashi then chops him in the back of the head into the into the steel barricade. Which results in Masala being busted open around his mouth and chin area. Like, you just see this trickle of blood start coming out of oh like God, that area. Oh, God, he fucking
0: eats that barrier, doesn't he? It's like, it's lucky there's no sort of, like, slow-mo replay or anything on that, because he literally, I know it's mainly his chin, but watching it, it just looks like he literally eats that barrier face first, doesn't he?
1: Like, he's he's so lucky he didn't bite his tongue, I think that oh, would have yeah. been terrible. But it's like, he's probably thinking, maybe I should have started wearing a mouth guard. Before this match
0: he don't even get any respite. He literally gets like five seconds to catch his breath before uh back on him again, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, Kabashi you know, while on the floor decides to hit him with a half Nelson (laughs) suplex (laughs) on the ringside mats. Those are those aren't thick mats, people. That's pretty that's hard floor pretty much under like I don't know about maybe an inch or two of padding, which is it's not much, you know. Uh Mm -hmm. And so from here, Kobashi is able to take control of the match, and, and the, fo- the focus of Kobashi's offense is to work over Masao's neck, uh, which is you know which you know plays into the fact that his his finishers are the lariat, and and the and the brainbuster and and the uh, the burning hammer. So these are all the you know moves that focus on uh, impacting the head and the neck. So that's really smart, and uh, Kobashi, you know, takes the match to uh at some point takes the match to the uh elevated ramp so you have to keep in mind for the budokan shows martin like this is not something all japan did this is something that noah did i think just to set themselves apart from Mm -hmm. all japan and i i personally feel it gives kind of you know the the ring a kind of a a special look if you have like this kind of ranch this is something like like the uh, wcw used to do for their big shows right for their pay-per-views yeah. Are you
0: were a fan of the ramp i really like it i know uh WF have never used it but um no they did it doesn't make you think of wcw oh did they use it
1: they used it in toronto in maple leaf gardens there was a ramp like, oh, wow! it was the only like when you see house shows from the 80s of w like they didn't keep it for you know after a while but like i i'd watch like house show footage from like boston gardens or madison square garden or, or maple leaf gardens like, Maple Leaf Gardens had this ramp, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? That's cool, because you can do so many innovative things yeah. from the ramp, which we're going to talk about. But, you know, from uh, from here, he, he takes him to the ramp, and he hits, you know, on the ramp, he hits Masao with a DDT, which can't be fun for either men. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, back in the ring, Mer- Masao reverses an Irish whip into the corner and goes for a monkey flip, but Kobashi grabs his legs, and then smashes him like and propels him face first into the uh top turnbuckle, like not helping his the matter with his chin and uh his mouth being busted open here uh yeah and
0: i think you even see here he's sort of like when he's on his back sort of like there's a bit of spit mixed with blood and it looks absolutely revolting
1: <laughs> it's pretty gross especially like what we know now about like you know about you know we think about all of the you know pandemics and things like that out there these days. Uh, Kobashi then hits two consecutive half Nelson suplexes. One of his favorite moves is not the German suplex or, or, like, a full Nelson suplex, but the half Nelson suplex, which I think looks even more devastating, because it's, like, there's less control, Martin. It doesn't look like mm. there's much control <laughs> with a half Nelson suplex. And then he and, and
0: when you see people in the crowd, even for, like, sort of, like, these minor moves, like the suplexes that he's doing, they're not the big finishers, are they? But everyone's, like, going crazy for them, it, just seeing Kabashi do it.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah it would, it, I think that happens with anything, with, like, people hitting signature moves, because, like, you kind of... Go to, to a wrestling match and you see a certain person. It's like, I want to see that person do this move, this move, and this move. Mm. And if you get it, then you're like, yeah, so happy. Um yeah. from, from here, uh, you know, uh Kobashi decides to kind of, kind of get of, kind of a break for himself and he puts uh Masao in a full Nelson submission hold, uh, mixed with the body scissors, you know, and this, of course, more pressure on Masao's neck. But you gotta imagine, like, Kobashi just needs like, I need a bit of a break here. You know, yeah, <laughs> I need to stop hitting so many moves. Like, he's probably what is this? Like, we're not even like maybe like we're we've, we've hit the 10 minute mark now, and it's just like these two guys probably feel like they've been wrestling for like an hour.
0: Oh, yeah, because they does not start off slow, does it? They're all out for the first 10 minutes of this one.
1: Um, from here, Kobashi starts chopping away at Masawa's head and neck, and, and, and Masawa falls to one knee. Uh, this starts to. You know the part where Masala gets really pissed off at Kobashi now, and then he just basically, you know, rallies himself. He just starts no selling. Kobashi strikes, and this crowd goes absolutely oh, shit, Yeah uh, for this stuff. <laughs> this is awesome.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely brilliant in it because he's kind of, he's doing like his whole cup moment sort of thing, and uh, and Kobashi's like still trying to get him down. And he's like, "No, I'm not having any of this shit. You know, you pissed me off now."
1: And and from here, like you know, Masao just starts firing back with like elbow strikes and and Kobashi's like you know hitting them with chops and stuff like that. But you know, fortunately for Kobashi, he comes out of the comes out of this and he hits Masao with his own massive backdrop driver head spike that gets a two and a half count uh, for Kobashi. It's not enough to put Masao away though, and 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 I I would almost say Martin like you know halfway through this match maybe at like the 12, 15 minute mark. We, we we're we're pretty much hitting what, what I would call the crescendo of the match, which is usually like the last, you know, set five to seven minutes of a match. We're, we're getting it halfway through this match.
0: Oh yeah. Cause that's the thing. It, it's not this match. It's like, what is it like four forty uh, 40 minutes long or whatever. And it, flies by does not it it goes by so quickly and i think that is because like you just noted there we're, we'll be in like 10 to 15 minutes in the match and it feels like they're going for the for the sort of like last five minutes of the match when there's still about 20 minutes left
1: kobashi goes for another backtrack driver but masawa reverses it and hits kobashi with a german suplex uh kawashi gets up but ends up getting hit with the tiger suplex there's an elbow by masawa a rolling back shot by kobashi a rolling elbow by masawa uh, which finally sends Kobashi back down to the match, so they they're they're just pulling out like like all the moves, all the exchanges yep. that they would do in the last you know five minutes of a match they're pulling them out, and this match is is about 40, 34 minutes long, and it's just amazing that they're and you would think okay, this match is gonna go maybe it's gonna be like 20, 20 minutes max because they're hitting all these moves. no, we still got about another you know ten. 15, you know, 10, 15 (laughs) minutes left in this match. Um, So from here, Masawa goes for the Tiger Suplex 85, which is uh, where he gets the guy kind of like a sleeper hold, and then he takes him over in a back suplex. Uh, But Kobashi, he goes for that, but Kobashi blocks that. There's another exchange, and they block each other's strikes, and then Masawa attempts a Tiger driver, but Kobashi blocks that. So if you're someone who's watched, like, All Japan, in the nineties and watch these matches from all Japan between these two, this is like, this is so dramatic, Martin. This is just so much like, Oh my God, like this, this, this he's, he's going for this, but Kobashi knows how to block that Kobashi's going for this, but Masawa knows how to counter that. Now he won't get hit with that. It's just, just really fucking amazing. Like, so when I say like in ring, it's not, it's probably my third favorite match, but like psychology, storytelling wise, it's probably the best one. This is why I'm saying this because it's like, Everyone talks about like, you know, what like Easter eggs, right. Or like, you know, like got mm. callbacks. This match is just full of callbacks before that term got played out. This is so badly in like the last, you know, five years in wrestling that you don't even realize you're seeing callbacks necessarily. You're just like, Oh, this, you know, this is storytelling. This is just like two wrestlers who are masters of the form of the craft, mm. just doing their, doing what they do the best.
0: And also, even if you haven't, you know, even if you haven't seen the other matches, you, you, you if you know a little bit of history about them, you know Masala's going for his big moves and Kabashi's blocking them. So it's that whole storytelling that you know. Perhaps when he was a younger wrestler, he couldn't block these moves, but now he's got he's, he's showing the crowd that he's got Masala figured out here.
1: Uh, from here misawa hits kobashi's neck with several vicious strikes uh there's a tiger driver that he gets to hit on on kobashi which only gets a a, a two count two and a, half, yeah. two and a half, count yeah uh miss Yeah, misawa does end up hitting the uh the tiger suplex 85 with a bridge they are very very close to count and we have to keep in mind like martin we're not we're not gonna say this every time but like the, every every a kick out is just met with like our you know applause and cheers and, and and at some points you can also see people in the crowd the crowd is amazing to watch because at some point mm. you're going to see at least one person jumping out of their seat pumping their yeah. fists in the air like they're alan farrell or something like that and <laughs> clapping and it's, it's just awesome to see especially in this you know this this day and age where we we don't necessarily get to see that in japan right now it's just so nice to 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 see that if not experience it but to see it like back in like 2003.
0: They build this crowd, they play this crowd like an absolute fucking fiddle, don't they? Because they, every sort of like big move and every sort of like kick out really, really means something. It's not like, you know how we get today, like with Davey Richards and Johnny Gargano spamming these kickouts and burning the crowd out. They do everything time to perfection in because... The level, you think it's loud when they first come out for the um, for the entrances, but the level of the crowd, they just keep building it and building it and building it, and everything's just timed to absolute perfection in this match. Uh,
1: another Tiger Driver gets a two and a half again as Masella just continues to wear down Kobashi with one pinfall attempt after another. So that's now Misawa's strategy is like, I'm just going to try to hit him with my bombs Everything, and hopefully, yeah. w- and hopefully, this is going to. This is going to This is gonna finally put him away. Uh, Masawa tries to hit Kobashi with the Emerald Flosion because he thinks, this is, that's it. I got to bust the Emerald Flosion out. Mm. But but Kobashi is able to power out of it. He knocks Masawa into the turnbuckle. And then as Masawa's momentum carries him out of the turnbuckle, Kobashi hits him with another half Nelson suplex.
0: Oh, my God. And this is when the crowd start really getting behind Kobashi because they start chanting his name, don't they?
1: I, I think people are thinking this may or may not they're not certain that this is this is Kobashi's this is the time that Kobashi is going to finally defeat Misawa for this belt. so there is that drama that he's not going to do it right so mm-hmm. now at this point like I we, you and I can speculate we can theorize that okay this is where they think oh my god especially the, the Kobashi fans the people who want to see it they realize we might get we might be witness to history here we might get what we want and then when that happens martin i when i see that happen myself if i'm at a wrestling show like oh the result i want to see happen is gonna is is gonna come to fruition like if i have doubts about it and then i i slowly come to the realization that oh what i want to see happen is gonna happen like i just my my, my emotions just kick into overdrive
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And what I love when it does cut to the crowd after, like you know, a big move's been blocked or a big move's been hit, you know, the look, the expressions on a lot of the audience faces is like, "Wow, I can't believe this is happening in this match."
1: So from from that help, <coughs> excuse me, from that half Nelson suplex, Masawa gets back right up immediately and charges at Kobashi, but he walks into a sleeper suplex, so he gets into a full sleeper hold, and the Kobashi just takes him over. That that can't be fun to take.
0: <laughs> no, not at all.
1: <laughs> and drops him right on the south's head. And both men are down on the mat. Like they, they've just been going at a pace. Like they were for, for a modern context, like if you're like imagine Okada and Omega like having like their match, but they they're like, you know, they're like 20 years older at this point and like have the bodies of people 30 years older. That but this is like, but that's the pace they've been going at the last five, six minutes. And they're just like exhausted at this point. But this crowd is not exhausted, Martin. This crowd no, is not at all. They're that's just what's keeping them
0: going, isn't it? Throughout this, yeah.
1: Uh, both men get up, and and as they do so, Masao goes for a diving uh, back elbow. But Kabashi responds by hitting a lariat to the back of Masao's head for a near three count. Uh, they both charge at each other, and Kabashi hits a running lariat. For a close two, so now Kobashi's like busting out the lariat, and like um, yeah, it's his
0: turn to get on top now, isn't it? and his turn to like start firing the offense at Masao after Masao's been on top for so long.
1: Yeah, but the the, the idea of what like, like what Masao was doing earlier with like the working on the arm has is playing is uh, you know paying dividends here because like these are not the, normally probably at this point you would think that these these moves these lariats would be taking out. Masao, he be he be getting pinned, but he's weakened the arm enough, enough, where it's still devastating to get hit by them, but they're not they're not killer blows at this point. Yeah. Uh, Kobashi picks Masao up and goes for the brainbuster, but Masao reaches the rope and the move is blocked. Kobashi tries to suplex Masao, but Masao lands on his feet on the entrance ramp and suplexes Kobashi over the top rope onto the wrap. This <laughs> Kobashi is not a light man. I gotta say, (laughs) wrestling is cooperative, but at the same time, like, Masala has to manage this man's weight, like, from, with uh, the ropes in between them, which I cannot imagine makes it easier. No. And you
0: know where Kabashi isn't going to be going up light either, is he?
1: No, no, he's, I don't think he can, Martin. I don't think his knees would would allow him (laughs) to go up light. Um, uh, From this point, Okay, Kobashi is on the apron. Masao is back, is in the ring. So Kobashi starts getting up. And Masao decides, I'm going to hit him with the, with the elbow suicida, which is a tope, basically, using the elbow as your striking point. So he hits him with the elbow suicida by diving through the top, uh, the top and middle ropes while Kobashi is on the ramp and just kind of hitting him, more like kind of looks like a slider move right mm. instead of like yeah like a dive and that's that's one of the great things about this ramp is you can do moves like this and it looks fucking cool <laughs> yeah it
0: does and i mean also having the ramp there also allows them to do this next fucking move which is this is the move of the match coming up here isn't it where the crowd just literally
1: explodes so they've been wrestling for almost like 25 27 minutes at this point right and they're exhausted, but they they're getting up. Masao's up first, and he tries to go for a tiger driver on the entrance ramp, but Kobashi blocks that. But I'm I'm sure, if in retrospect, maybe he should have thought of just taking the tiger driver on the ramp yeah. because <laughs> what happens next? Kobashi fights back, and Masao elbows him, and then he in like so Masao is facing away from the ramp; his back is to the, the drop off point, basically. And then he hooks Kobashi's arms into the tiger suplex. And you're thinking, if you're in the building, you got to be thinking, nah, that's not going to yeah. happen. That's crazy. Who would do that? But Masawa hits Kenokobashi with the tiger suplex. A release. Tiger suplex from the fucking ramp to the fucking floor. And absolutely I...
0: Absolutely incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I, when, every time I see this, I still go absolutely crazy every time I see it.
1: And this is the move. Like, when this happened at O'Grady's, people went, like, shit. They were like, what the fuck did I just say? Oh, my God. Like that. And I, I, I'm pretty so sure. Well, I can-
0: these years later, it's got that effect.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I watch this match, and I still think, or I'll watch a gif of this, this particular move, and I just think, oh, they didn't die, yeah. neither, either of them. Yeah. It was essentially Kobashi. <laughs> The fact that he he agreed to this move beforehand mm-hmm. is just like wow. Like the trust. Yeah, I was thinking about like the trust that these two guys have built up with one another. Oh yeah. To, to be able to say like, yeah, I trust you, you know, to to do this move to me as as safely as possible as you can, you know, after you know you know twenty five minutes of just brutalizing each other and not being the most cognizant person in the world at this point. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's this crowd. And I think all the other wrestlers at ringside are just like dumbfounded at what they just witnessed. And Yeah, because yeah. you
0: see all the photographers sort of like rush round and then you you can see the wrestlers who are either cornering either of these two or just the wrestlers that are there working like sort of like ring crew are just like, Oh my god, this is this is just insane. And when you see wrestlers have that reaction, you know it's something that's, you know, ridiculous.
1: You get to see that a lot in Alderman and Noah, mm-hmm. Vern, like there are points where, like, you just see these spike drops on people, people getting dropped on their heads, and people like debuting moves like, you know, the Tiger Driver ninety one, or the the Gonzo Bomb, or the Burning Hammer, and like some of the wrestlers around the ring, they don't know that these moves have been invented or going to be mm-hmm. debuted, and they just pop. I love seeing that as well. I just like yeah. seeing the the other wrestlers like whoa, <laughs> like, and then then they're, they're probably thinking, oh my god, do I have to take that at some point? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um so both men are exhausted they're they're like this takes as almost as much out of Masao as it does kobashi I, I obviously kobashi takes the brunt of the impact of this move because his control his fall is is not controlled at all let's just be let's just throw that out there martin this is not no, a controlled it's not, ball
0: not controlled at all Now
1: he is lucky he didn't fly further or hit the ring post with his head or or anything he's just very very lucky but the yeah. ref you know, he, the ref comes out, he checks on them, just make sure they're both okay enough, and then gets back in the ring, he starts the 20 count. And this is not a, a ghetto book, New Japan fucking 20 count either. Masao gets back in first, and it's a logical 19 mark that Kobashi gets back in, and the drama is just unbelievable. Where because yeah, he-, he
0: barely gets back in, does he? Just after the 19, he just barely gets in, and, and the crowd just is like, ooh...
1: Well, the other thing is like they don't they don't like just waste this idea like they, they do in New Japan. It's like I've seen you guys like they'll do multiple like 19 counts on the floor in one in one show. And I was like, why would you do that? You should save that. So it's more dramatic. No one believes that it's going to be a, a count out of finish, especially in, in Noah and, and all Japan in the 90s. Because Baba basically, you know, the philosophy was like, that's that's done. We're not doing that ever again. Or we we do. It's it's going to be special. And they yeah. and they didn't do anything like that in Noah, up to, especially not in a title match, so, like, no one's going to, you know? So, like, it's, oh, my God. But if he was counted out, Martin, you would believe, you would you would not necessarily be disappointed because what you saw beforehand that led to him being counted out, you know? Yeah, that move
0: is enough for him to be unconscious on the floor, isn't it? For more than 20 seconds.
1: Who's going to complain about it? Like, which, what fan <laughs> is going to be like, oh, I didn't come here for, wait, he... He got Tiger Suplex off the ramp onto the floor, and he didn't die. So that's pretty awesome. I saw history. That that in itself is historic enough. So like, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense for like to do this kind of a a spot of the 19 count with after a move like that. Uh, back in the ring, Misawa hits a jumping knee to Kapashi's face for a one and a two, kick out. Misawa hits two hard, hard back elbow strikes. And then, and then is able to plant K- Ken with the Emerald Flosion. One, two, Kobashi kicks out Mern. This is the first time. This is like Masawa's super finisher now. Yeah, and Kobashi kicks time out. It's
0: ever been kicked out of, and just you can just see the like I was talking about the the expressions in the crowd. Just everyone's just like dumbfounded. They're like, "Oh my god, he's kicked out of like you know the move," and it they just. This is what I mean about them working them like a fiddle because they just know that this is going to get the biggest reaction out of everything they've done tonight.
1: Masawa goes for the Tiger Driver 91, the head spike version of the Tiger Driver, but Kobashi thankfully blocks it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they charge at each other and bounce off one another. And Kobashi hits another layered for a close two count here. Uh, finally, and this is we're 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 at basically we're at the finish of this match part. Finally, Kobashi is able to get Masao up onto his shoulders in the in the torture rack and 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 the Argentinian backbreaker, whatever you want to call it. And from here, he hits his super finisher, the Burning Hammer, which is probably the greatest name for a move in the history of wrestling. Oh yeah! For the one, two, three, the crowd goes crazy. Kenokabashi has pinned Mitsuhiro Misawa to become the GHC heavyweight champion and and has finally defeated Mitsuhiro Misawa to win a singles championship. And this match is 33 minutes and 28 seconds long, and it's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. Fucking brilliant. No, like, forced fake epic like you see nowadays. This is just two of the best, all-time best. Going for one more go-around you know, in front of this capacity crowd. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Could never, ever get bored of watching this match. He said it's like 33 minutes. It zooms by in about
1: five minutes. They, they, this, like we said earlier, this would win Wrestling Observer Match of the Year. Uh, Ken Kawashi would go on to have the longest consecutive reign as GC Heavyweight champion. At Martin, he, he was champion for 735 days. Wow. wow. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> over two years. Yeah, or close to two years, right? That's over two years. Yeah. Yeah. Over two years as the champion and in one of Noah's biggest, you know, period, you know, box office periods of, you know, like, you know, they were they're were very successful with Kobashi on top. And just, I think the perfect, you know, kind of exclamation point on his career because it, it kind of, you know, unfortunately it doesn't, it doesn't really get much better than this except for i'd say the match with uh kensuke sasaki that he has at the tokyo dome for for one All of right. two, noah's big um tokyo dome shows that they have like that's it that's the that's this and that sasaki match are the the peaks of his career and then it just kind of like unfortunately deteriorates and i hate saying that i hate thinking about that period of his career martin but like mm. it's it's okay like as fans like he's retired now he seems very happy he's married he has kids he he enjoys just being kind of an ambassador and and doing work for Noah as a commentator and things like that and and I'm glad I'm glad that 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 was his that's his life now and and I'm glad he was he's he's he seems like he's not taking any more big bucks <laughs> thank god
0: no thank god yeah he always seems very happy doesn't he whenever you yes. see pictures floating around of him he always seems like you know he's got massive smile on his face He seems quite content to be uh you know to be living his life now and be done with
1: wrestling yeah and in in i think he's he's transitioned really well like better than a lot of people out of wrestling out of being a, an active in-ring wrestler to being involved in wrestling as as he is because he, he is a legend people want to see him like if i get i think i got to see him i can't like sorry my memory is terrible but like i did get to see him live as you know appearing at a mm-hmm. show at an all japan show actually he did an appearance for an old Japan show that I went to. And I was just like, so happy Martin. Like I got to see him like, yeah, I didn't care that he was in the ring wrestling or not. I just got to be in his presence. And like, that's, that to me is amazing in of itself because of the amazing career and matches that, that he had in the, the kind of the, the emotion and, and entertainment that he, that him and Masao brought me especially. So yeah, like any, any final thoughts about this match?
0: I mean, I don't, there's so many, so many superlatives you can throw at a match. I mean, this is just absolutely fantastic. Wrestling at its best. It's really hard for me. I and mean, I'm the same with films. I can never narrow down, like, my top number one favorite film. And it's the same with wrestling as well. But this has got to be in top five of all time. Like, it's like a Goodfellas or an Unforgiven. It's one that I can watch over and over again. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's, like, number one, but... Is definitely in that conversation just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I know Kabashi did come to the UK um, for uh, uh, maybe two matches, but sadly I wasn't. I did see Masawa wrestling a, a six man, so that was, but obviously, you know, um, the the good days were long gone by that point, but good seeing him actually in the flesh. But yeah, sadly I never got to see Kabashi wrestle, wrestle live. I am really jealous about that. But yeah, just. If you've never seen this match, if you don't know the history of it, it doesn't matter. Obviously it adds a lot more to it, but even if you don't know the history, you've got to just it's free on YouTube. I think there's about seventeen different versions of it on YouTube, yeah. but you've got to go and watch this match. Just absolutely fantastic. You, you know it's kinda down. kinda funny is
1: like I, I I I did see Kobashi Russell once in, in two thousand in, in the tag match. So I got to say that. But like you know it's gonna it's ironic is that uh, our mutual friend uh uh Benno Match richard has seen kenokabashi wrestle in in, in roh oh, yeah. against samojo and that that's that's that seems so unfair to me
0: oh no know he, he never likes to bring it up though WH, so uh, like person. Yeah, I, I
1: should, we <laughs> should bring it up because he he's really embarrassed he doesn't like to brag about that he saw <laughs> you know he won a lot some kind of raffle or some shit and and got to see this match for free, essentially. It was,
0: it, was at the, uh, it was at the UK. He won the raffle at the UK show that I'm referencing. That uh, I saw Masawa in that, uh, in that tag match. Me and Ben, I didn't know each other at the time, but we were both at the same show. Um, I think it was 2005, yeah. Um, International Showdown. And yeah, that's when he won the raffle and then was able to go across and watch uh, Kibashi. Um, Joe. Hey Joe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I- I'm sure, you know. If he's listening to this, that Benno right now is just like smiling, beaming right now. (laughs) Go go watch this match, Evan, if you want to watch this. Go go right now to watch YouTube and watch this match. If if you haven't done it, to prepare for watching this, but you should go do it right now. And then go watch Joe and and Kobashi again, if you you want to uh, think. But, uh, (laughs) you know, Martin, thank you so much for uh joining me on this show i i had a blast talking about something that's out of like the the normal parameters of the show but this mm-hmm. this fits in it's essentially an all japan 90s match just under a different banner but i i had a blast and and if people enjoyed your appearance on the long and winding railroad where can people find you
0: oh well um of course every month on the british wrestling experience uh me benno and andy Ogden. Looking at what the European wrestling scene is currently right now, and then obviously, uh, me and Andrew Thompson on Bushman Thompson's Wrestling Adventure are also talking at uh, retro wrestling. So you'll be able to find both those on the British Wrestling Experience feed.
1: Also, like uh, Martin and uh, Andrew Thompson have uh, a t-shirt for their show, which I own and which I bought from Store Post Wrestling com Indeed. and, and uh, you know you got to plug this stuff, Martin. You got to you got to show this stuff like uh, <laughs> I do every week, every every time I get a chance. In fact, if you go to store.postwrestling.com, you can also find two t-shirts that uh, are, are for my shows: the Post Perez t-shirt and the the the, the t-shirt for this show that then is very popular, especially in the United Kingdom, Martin. Many of the people who who bought this t-shirt are from your part of the world including uh, some people over in Ireland, uh, they know who they are. People know who they are. Anyways, if it's good enough for to travel across the, the pond, then it's good enough for people here in North America. Go to store.postwrestling.com, buy the Long and Winding Road t-shirt. You can get it either black or white. I, I prefer the black, but like I know the white is very, very popular as well. So it's up to you. And yeah, and uh, you can find me every month on the Long and Winding Road Road. This is episode 19, Martin. That means the next episode is is 20, and that means it's a biography. It's a biography episode. Every fourth episode is a biography episode. And and we're gonna look at the the uh the fifth pillar, the the unofficial fifth pillar of all Japan pro wrestling, and that would be June akiyama That's our next episode. It's gonna be a look, a close up look at the career and life of June Akiyama. I'm I'm very excited about this. I I've kind of confirmed my my co-host for that but I'm not gonna say who it is uh, on this show. It'll be a surprise for people over on uh, the social medias. I'll announce it there. Just as as soon as we record it, I'll announce who it is. But I don't want to kind of put the cart before the horse, so to speak, here. Um, But yeah, you can also find me on Post Perez every month, usually with with John Pollock, but sometimes with a guest host. And of course, like uh, when the MCU uh, on Disney Plus restarts again, then MCU later with myself and Wei Ting, which you can find exclusively. At uh, the post wrestling cafe, so you you do need to sign up to become a patron over over there. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, whatever comes up next uh, for the MCU, which I believe is uh, Moon Knight. Have you been watching the MCU, uh, Martin on Disney?
0: I have indeed. I actually thought Hawkeye was the best out of all the series.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. I I really love the promise that that show gave us in terms of like what's in store for the future, especially with. With Florence Pugh as as Jelena Belova, oh, yeah. and, and with uh, Haley Steinfeld as as Kate Bishop, I'm just so excited to see what happens next. And even like, like I, I want to see more Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton. I just think he was absolutely fantastic in in, in yeah, this definitely. particular show. Yeah,
0: I do love that the Brits are ruling the Marvel MC- the, the MCU at the minute. Obviously, Tom Holland, you know, Spider Man. Then we've got Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, and then obviously. The brilliant Florence Pugh who after watching she was easily the best thing about Black Widow wasn't it and I was like oh, oh yeah. it'd be so good if we got more of that character and it looks like that's what they're going to be giving us so yeah I'm really looking forward to her either having her own film or becoming more involved in some kind of super team or something like that so yeah we're looking yeah. forward to that.
1: I'm looking forward to kind of delving into 2022's offerings for, for MCU in terms of like uh, Moon Knight I, apparently that's next I'm oscar isaacs as as mark Specter slash moon knight that i'm gonna see i'm curious to see what's gonna happen there uh miss mm-hmm. marvel with you know with, um yeah the, the just tons of stuff coming out and i'm I'm very oh, yeah, excited definitely. and uh if you're watching it martin maybe we can get you on and see you later though i don't know if it works out with your schedule because usually we record late on on thursday night <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll 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 try my best. I'll try. We'll try and do it on a non-working week for me. But yeah, I love the show. I love all your shows. And yeah, definitely. You mentioned the t-shirt. I own the uh, Post Pure S one, and I wear that quite often. You know, really, really cool t-shirt. So if that one's still available, definitely head out and get that one as
1: well. It's always available, Martin. It's always it's always in in, in <laughs> stock. So we can, we we print that to to order. And I just tell you, I, I told Andrew. The story like last year but uh, during lockdown when we were in lockdown at my work like, we still like people do um, curbside pickup I was wearing your t-shirt and someone said to me oh what's that and I'm like oh it's for a wrestling podcast that that's run by two people I, I'm friends with and they're like oh where can I find I told them and then they said okay I, I'll give it a listen. That looks like a cool shirt. So hopefully, oh, you got awesome. a, hopefully you got a new <laughs> listener because I, I was wearing the shirt. Advertising helps people. Advertising yep. helps. So, anyways, there you go. thank
0: uh, you so much, WH. It's been a blast talking to you.
1: Uh, always, always. Really I can't wait to to you, mate. I can't wait to see you in person again. You and you and you and Lisa, your wife, and uh, I had. Just so people know, like the last kind of wrestling live wrestling experience I had. Was with John away, but also with Martin and, and and his wife Lisa, and and I gotta say, like the times we went to the uh, the quote unquote Irish pub around <laughs> the corner from uh, uh, Sumo Hall, th- those were like my some of my biggest highlights from from that trip. But not not even the wrestling itself, just like hanging out with you two in that pub, yeah. just talking until what like two in the morning. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, we absolutely loved that trip. Um, and what was it? Dick? Kota Rebushi's favorite chain restaurant as well. Was
1: right oh, hotel
0: as well. Yeah, I was going in there as well.
1: <laughs> it's great times. But we'll do it again in the future for sure. But on behalf of Martin Bushby, I want to thank everyone for listening, for supporting the show. And until next time, goodbye.